Judaism, at least, is very clearly a political religion. The Torah is a political document. It is about a nation, it's about a people who are oppressed. To strip Judaism of politics is actually wrong. To be whole, Judaism must include politics. And so I do speak from my bima, from my pulpit, about the events of our time. And I do not mince words because I feel that if I were to be silent about what's happening in our country, that I would be failing in my responsibility as a rabbi and as a Jew. This is Beliefs, an exploration of ideas behind the news of religion. I'm Bill Baker. Political activist, social justice advocate, and rabbi, Rachel Timoner is senior rabbi at Brooklyn's congregation, Beth Elohim. Welcome, and thank you for being with us. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Is uh, Jewish social justice any different than any other kind of social justice in, uh, the relig- in a religious sense? I think a lot of Jews grow up, whether they think of themselves as religious or not, with the voice of the prophets in their head, even if they don't know that that's what the message is, like that it comes from the prophets. Um, The voice of the prophets rings, uh, their voices ring loudly in the hearts and minds of Jews. And so I think that many Jews grow up with a sense of obligation to justice, um, to um, standing with the poor and the oppressed. Um, And and the other other piece I think that is so loud and clear in the Jewish imagination is the story of the Exodus. Um, That is our central narrative, that we were slaves and we became free, and that God is an agent of liberation. Um, And I think, so I think that it, I wouldn't say that um, it's fundamentally different than other religions, but it has a different narrative, it has a different set of, of, it has a different language, it has uh, kind of different tropes. And um, you know, the, the Torah itself, the five books of Moses, has uh, so many mitzvot, commandments, that, that require us as Jews to, um, to be with the stranger, to be with the poor, to be for justice, to pursue justice, um, to stand for freedom for all people. So that is really a driving force within Judaism. So you started out as a person working in the field of social justice, became a rabbi, very oriented to the social justice and the Jewish movement and in America. How do we deal with social justice in such a different time? Mm. Well, I think that this current presidency puts into stark relief the unfinished business of America. And in some ways, things are worse than ever before, but in other ways, there's greater clarity about what needs to be done. There's greater clarity about the legacy of slavery in this country and the unfinished business of upending racism and its roots of really requiring reparations for that history and and for all of us to uh, have a reckoning. There's clarity about the persistent inequality uh, around gender and the ways that women continue to be second-class citizens in this country, continue to have our rights to control our body at question, to continue to have our bodies abused and harassed and touched inappropriately, which has come to the surface in a different kind of way in our time. It doesn't mean that those things weren't there before. They were there before. It's just that we're looking at them differently. And in, in that way, I actually think that this time may, when we look back on it, be a time in which we realize that we had a bigger leap in consciousness than in previous eras. Because Uh, Donald Trump and the agenda he supports is so 
anathema to the kind of core moral foundations that many of us hold, that we are aghast. And that makes us look at the things we've been complacent about and complicit in. You were a person who, about a year or so ago, was arrested for a social protest of of some nature. Can you tell us about that and what you learned from that? I've actually been arrested twice in the last two years. Um, The first time was uh, after the Muslim ban. And 19 rabbis together uh, blocked the street in front of the Trump Hotel at Columbus Circle to demonstrate our opposition to the Muslim ban as rabbis, as Jews, that we wanted to be very clear we were standing with Muslims. Uh, We were standing with all those who were seen as outsiders, as um, strangers who were being oppressed because they were strangers, who were being distrusted and vilified because they were strangers and seen as other. And so we did that. And that felt important to, to take that stand, especially because people have the expectation that Jews and Muslims don't get along. It felt really important as Jews and as Jewish leaders to take that stand. The second time I was arrested was last January um, when the question of the dreamers was being considered in Congress and the question of DACA and the ability of those uh, immigrants who came as children to this country and who have grown up here um, for them to be able to stay here and ha- have a path to citizenship. And they were kind of a bargaining chip in the in, in the last government shutdown question. <clears throat> and at that point, it felt important. They were protesting every day on Capitol Hill, and it felt important for us as Jews to go and stand with them because the Jewish people have been immigrants throughout our history, and we have been seen as the stranger and the other throughout our history, and that has been a source of our oppression. And it feels important in this country where we've assimilated so much to to stand with those who are trying to make their, their place in this country. Now, you made some statements that were uh, political about how you feel about the administration, et cetera. Would you say those statements uh, vary considerably in the uh, in all of the Jewish people, uh, or are are they pretty consistent across the various Jewish movements? There is some variance among the Jewish people. I think it's something like eighty percent of uh, Jews in, in the last election voted with the Democratic Party. So, still a vast majority of the Jewish people are liberal and tend to. Um, be progressive. But there is a percentage of the Jewish people, especially in the Orthodox world, um, but not just in the Orthodox world, uh, who are increasingly aligning themselves with um, with the right. And that's that's an interesting development. I think it's related to our assimilation, our, our length of time and sense of security here um, as a people. I think that it's very much connected to um, an interpretation about which party and which candidates are better for Israel. Um, and and there are really stark differences among the Jewish people about how we understand what's better for Israel. Let's talk about Israel and Zionism. First, can you define Zionism and are pretty much all the American Jews Zionists? So Zionism is often maligned. Um, you you might see slogans on the left that Zionism is racism or um, that Zionism is colonialism or inherently oppressive. Um, I myself am a Zionist, and Zionism is the idea that the Jewish people need um, and should have a state, a place where we have self-determination, where we govern our, ourselves and um, where we have the possibility of freedom from oppression. And the Zionist vision 
as articulated in the Declaration of Independence of the State of Israel, is also a pluralistic vision. It includes the idea that there that that Jews would be living side by side with and in in uh, community with non-Jews, um, with Arab and Muslim neighbors and Christian neighbors, and um, that there would be it, it's a democratic vision um, in which. Um, the state of Israel would be a place that would um, represent and serve all of its citizens, um, regardless of religion or um, or ethnicity. Um, so, so that is what Zionism is, as far as I understand it. Um, there is growing up within Zionism, and has been, there, it's been there all along, but it's it's becoming more vocal and a Jewish ethno-nationalism, which is terribly frightening. So. Um, so that is that is existing within the spectrum of Zionism that is currently existing, and um, there are you asked if all Jews are Zionists. There are definitely Jews who are not Zionists, who do not think that the Jewish people need a state, who do not think that Israel um, should exist as it currently is, um, who are very concerned with the rights and future of the Palestinian people, and those of us. Uh, who call ourselves progressive Zionists or liberal Zionists have a vision of two states where Palestinians would have full self-determination and rights and um, sovereignty next to a, a Jewish state and next to the state of Israel. And um, But there are Jews who really question that and really question whether there should be a Jewish state at all and really question whether Jews have a right to be in that land and whether um, really... Uh, the, the, there should just be one state and it should just be a Palestinian state. I myself find that to be a deeply problematic perspective because I um, very much am in touch with our own history. We have, we have been persecuted and oppressed um, throughout our history in country after country after country around the world. And for the first time have a place we can call our own and where we can govern ourselves. And I am in profound dispute with the current policies of the Israeli government, and I am vocal about that. But uh, I still think that there there must be a Jewish state and uh, next to a Palestinian state. Let's talk about our country for a second, and that is uh, our country relating to Jews. Uh, it seems like uh, there's more anti-Semitism than there ever has been before. Is there really, or is it just more uh, reported? It's hard to know. I I've heard experts uh, argue both sides of that. What I would say, I mean, in some ways, the Jewish people are, are more accepted and more embraced in this country than in any country at any time in our history. But also, I will say that I am seeing an alarming amount of anti-Semitism, both on the right and on the left. And uh, it's profoundly disturbing to me. I hear our our students, our teenagers, talk about the anti-Semitism they're experiencing at school, which is much more than I experienced when I was a teenager. Um, they're having pennies thrown at them. They're being called uh, slurs, um, anti-Semitic slurs. Um, I would say almost every week or every couple of weeks, I'm working with some family or some person who's experienced some kind of anti-Semitism. I, I didn't have that as a young person. So in some ways, it, it seems just anecdotally like there is more. It, certainly, there's been a spike in the last couple of years since since Donald Trump's uh, candidacy. Uh, there has been a spike, a measured spike in anti-Semitism in our country for sure. Um, and you know, it is being hate speech and hate against 
many groups is being condoned and practiced at the highest levels of our government. And so it shouldn't be a surprise that people are taking that cue. People who are ready to take that cue are taking that cue. And it's becoming more accepted and normal to normalized to, to be anti-Semitic. Um, one of the things I'm specifically concerned about is in progressive movements, because I find myself, I'm, I'm in progressive movements for social justice. And there have been a number of progressive movements where anti-Semitism has been an issue. And um, I am wanting to see if I can play a role in, in being in dialogue with people to to see if we can change that so that the causes we care so much about um, neither espouse anti-Semitism nor are taken down by their um, uh, own bias. Uh, let's talk a little about that right now, and that is you're very involved in and have been for uh, your whole life, I assume, uh, the women's movement. Uh, the current Women's March has had some uh, problems with, or, or some reported problems with anti-Semitism. Would you comment on that, please? Yes. I was watching that unfold for some time, really concerned about it. And then I had an opportunity to be in dialogue with Tamika Mallory, who was one of the four women who was um, kind of the figurehead of the, of the march, one of the main organizers of the march. And she, she and I sat together actually in, this, in my office here um, for three hours one evening in dialogue, actually on film for a documentary about the march. And in that conversation, we had an opportunity f- for her to tell me about where she was coming from and um, for her to tell me that she did not feel that she was anti-Semitic, that she was really trying very hard to learn um, about Jews and Judaism and anti-Semitism, about the young people that she works with um, who have been in prison and have been through gun violence and um, her, her sense of rootedness there. And I was able to say to her um, that the language of Louis Farrakhan that she had heard without refuting, without opposing, um, that is Nazi-style language, that is uh, overtly extreme anti-Semitism, um, that that language is unacceptable and that anyone who's a leader in any kind of movement for human rights must unequivocally stand against that language. It's the obligation of any leader to do that. And that when she failed to do that, it was deeply hurtful to me and to many Jews. And that we think of ourselves as part of a shared movement with her until we hear something like that. And then we realize, oh, we don't count in her world. Um, Not only do we not count, but maybe she even believes this about us. And that 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 has the, the power of degrading relationships that we need. We need those relationships if we're going to change, if we're going to, if we're going to have advancements in women's rights, if we're going to have advancements in the rights of people of color and uh, immigrants and um, and and people who um, are marginalized in our country, we have to be able to stand together. And when we fail to stand up for each other, that undermines the, our power. The movement of progressives in this country, the movement of progressive Jews in this country, where do you see it going? As I said, I think there are some important conversations happening right now about really fundamental flaws in our society, fundamental injustices that that really go to the roots of the whole society. 
And I think that I, I appreciate that in this moment, because of the extremism on the right, there's the ability to 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 see clearly and name those forms of bigotry and um, inequality. I think that we have the possibility now take up some fundamental change that we have it we've been tinkering and I'd like to see us at this time take up really big questions like for example the green new deal to talk about what how are we going to reorient our entire society to live in peace with the earth and in a way that our grandchildren have a future and how are we going to consider the stranger in our midst and at our gates are we going to be the country that the statue of liberty symbolizes are we going to be a country that's open to, to new ideas and new populations and um, that embraces them? Or are we going to retract in fear? Um, are we going to be a country where <clears throat> in which people of all genders are able to live full lives and treated as equals and with full respect and dignity for their bodies and control over their bodies? Um, are we going to live in a country that takes responsibility for its sins and acknowledges our history of enslaving people, and that we have never adequately redressed that. I feel like part of what happens when you have a pendulum swing all the way to the right, which is where we are right now in terms of at least the presidency, is that you get to see things in stark relief and you get to ask the big questions of who are we and who are we going to be together as a society? And I'm hoping that this next chapter will answer it with, a, with an answer that includes everyone. Rabbi Timoner, um, a lot of what you said uh, in this very interesting discussion has been political. Uh, one would argue, some argue, that religion and politics should be separated in this country. Obviously, you don't feel that way. Would you like to comment? Yes, this is a this is a major question. Is the is the synagogue or the church or the mosque really meant to be a place where people just come for comfort and where we just consider the texts in their ancient context only, and we allow the prayers to wash over us and help us feel elevated? Or is it also a place that demands of us um, engagement with the questions of our time? And I feel very strongly that Judaism, at least, I won't speak for Christianity and Islam, but Judaism, at least, is very clearly a political religion. The Torah is a political document. It is about a nation, it's about a people who are oppressed. To strip Judaism of politics is actually wrong. To be whole, Judaism must include politics. And so I do speak from my bima, from my pulpit, about the events of our time. And I do not mince words because I feel that if I were to be silent about what's happening in our country, that I would be failing in my responsibility as a rabbi and as a Jew. Rabbi Rachel Timoner, thank you. Thank you so much, William. Our guest was Rabbi Rachel Timoner, Senior Rabbi at Congregation Beth Elohim. The conversation continues on our Facebook page, and we tweet at Beliefs Podcast. If you like our program, come review us on iTunes or our website, religionnews.com slash beliefs. Beliefs is brought to you with the support from the Bernard L. Schwartz Center for Media, Public Policy, and Education at the Graduate School of Education at Fordham University. Jay Woodward is our producer. The theme music is by Edward Billis. I'm Bill Baker. Thank you for listening.